We're thankful for the Word of God. We're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 3 and um, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. And then over in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. In the Greek, both words for profession are actually the Greek word uh, homologeo, uh, which we typically translate as confession. In other words, hold fast to your confession of faith. Hold fast to your confession. Christianity is actually known as the great confession. Uh, that's because the way that you get into the kingdom is if you confess with your mouth, if, you're, if you homo logeo. In other words, if you say the same thing as the word of God, legos for the word of God, and homo meaning same. So uh, if you say the same thing as the word of God and believe in your uh, heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, Romans 10, 9, and 10, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto salvation, excuse me, unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, you are not saved until you confess with your mouth after you're confessing what you do believe in your heart. So first of all, we believe and we speak. Uh, let's, let's just uh, turn over there real quick. Romans, you may already be there. I'm not there. <laughs> uh, we'll turn over there. Romans chapter 10, because I want to start with verse 8. Uh, well, verse 6. Well, I'm going to start with verse 1. Romans 10.1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. It's so easy to try to make your own way to God and make your own access and do your own works of righteousness. In other words, you're doing this to get favor with God and to gain his um, uh, goodwill. Uh, verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does these things shall live by them. In other words, if you're trying to gain access to God or you're trying to gain favor with God or get something from God because of what you're doing, uh, you're going to have a really difficult life because you really can't do enough. You know, you could actually do everything perfectly right. Yet offend in one part, James said, and you're guilty of all. 
And so thank God Jesus set us free from having to live by works, uh, that he actually fulfilled every uh, uh, work for us so that we can operate from the grace of God and under the mercy of God, that his mercies are new every morning. Verse six, but the righteousness which is of faith. So there's a couple kinds of righteousness. There's a righteousness that you could produce or attempt to produce. And then there's a righteousness, which verse six says is from faith or of faith. And it speaks like this. Say not in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down uh, from above or who shall ascend, descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what does it say, verse 8? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. Here we see confession with your mouth. Belief in your heart, not belief in your head, but this is confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confession is saying the same thing as what God said. Homologeo. So if we're saying the same thing as what God said, how does that work? Well, you know, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will actually, one of his main functions is, is that he will convict the world of sin because they believe not on me. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the person uh, who helps us know that we need God and that we're not believing on Jesus and that we need to believe on Jesus. And when he is working on you or working on some, uh, uh, if you're a believer, he's not working on you for that. He may be working on you in that same arena as far as you're not believing on Jesus as Lord in this situation. Uh, but when he moves on you, some people, they come to receive Christ and they'll even be under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and they will resist him because they're so uncomfortable acting from their spirit, they're so, um, they've gained strong muscles, so to speak, in their flesh and in natural reason, that if reason doesn't make sense, then they won't let themselves respond to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they're, they're so outwardly minded, and they're so ruled uh, by uh, what reason could understand. I was with Pastor Mark in the Philippines I don't know, maybe 2011 or something like that, a few years back, we were there and we were talking, we were walking through this mall and we were talking uh, the word together and he said um, something that just I'd never heard before and, but I think it's so true. He said most people, Pastor Mark Hank is what I'm talking about. He said most people have only have faith as far as reason will allow or as far as reason will take them. Well, what do you mean? What he meant was that as long as it makes sense to your reasoning ability, they will believe. Uh, that would be kind of like um, you could even put Thomas's faith in there. That Thomas, the disciple of Christ, said, 
I will not believe. He actually made a strong, pretty strong confession. <laughs> he said, you know, the others believed that Christ had risen from the dead. He said, not me. He said, I only believe what I can see and touch. I'm not going to believe unless I can put my finger into the nail prints and put my hand in his side where the sword had pierced him. And Jesus kind of rebuked him. You know, he said, Thomas, you see and you believe because you see. He didn't say you're blessed because of that. He actually said, blessed are the ones who believe yet do not see. Yet they do believe. And so there's a big difference between uh, faith in what God said and faith in what your physical senses can tell you. It's not really difficult to have a lot of faith in what your physical senses can tell you. I know even Brother Hagin, when he was, uh, uh, you know, had three incurable diseases and he was paralyzed, was, one of them was paralysis, he was paralyzed in bed, you know, he kept trying to uh, receive his healing as soon as he could feel it in his body. He said, then I'll know I'm healed as soon as I feel it. So, or, uh, you know, so he would pray. He was not a Christian to begin with, and he got born again while he was paralyzed and still was in the bed for like another year, year and a half, something like that, maybe nine months. Um, and um, when he was there, he said, I would pray. And when I would pray, I'd pray to the Lord. And I, I knew, I had the witness on the inside that the Lord had heard my prayer. And I got into the presence of God and it was like a manifestation of the presence of God that you, you could almost tangibly um, feel the presence of God, he said. And he said, because of that, I'm like, okay, good. And so then from that atmosphere, he's like, okay, trying to feel healed. But he wouldn't feel healed. He said, then I start crying. And he said, I must have gone through this for a couple months because he thought just because I can contact God in prayer, well, then God's going to heal me. Well, uh, he had on the inside this whole time, uh, Mark eleven twenty three, or 24 rather, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And, uh, but he's trying to do it this other way. So the Holy Spirit, the whole time is trying to tell him, uh, do you see what that says? Believe that you receive them and you'll have them. He, he actually started to uh, go that direction uh, at one point and then um, you know, <laughs> the devil came and spoke to him and got him distracted and he got back on it. And then uh, uh, he heard the Spirit say, when are you going to have it? It drew his attention to it. He said, well, after you believe, you receive it. He's, and that was when the light bulb came on for him. He said, wait a second, I see. I have to believe that I receive before I have it, before I physically have it. Uh, remember A.B. Simpson's testimony of healing? He was a minister over here, uh, well, actually in New England. And um, he uh, couldn't hardly preach anymore, couldn't hardly uh, pastor his church because he was so uh, physically um, attacked. So he said, well, I'm just going to take a couple weeks and I'm going to go through the scriptures and I'm going to find uh, exactly what the Bible says about healing. And so he did for two weeks. He went through every scripture in the Bible, Old and New Testament. 
and uh, found every scripture. And he said, after two weeks, I have come to see that healing is as much a part of redemption, of God's redemptive plan, as salvation for the soul, that healing of the body. And he said, so he wrote down in a document, you can get it, it's, it's free online if you look up his writings, but he wrote in his, uh, this document, and one of the things he wrote in there, he said, from this day forward, I take the Lord Jesus Christ as my healer just as I have taken him as my Lord and I receive my healing. And my favorite part of that testimony is right after that in, I don't know if it's a journal, I don't remember what it is, but anyhow where he wrote it. <laughs> I think he has it in a book too. He wrote right after that, he said, I don't know whether my body felt any better at that moment. I knew I did not care because I knew God had it in his hands. So in other words, he came to the place where he's going to act on what he believes, not act on what he feels. Like, like he's going to believe it. That's why he got in line with the word. He wasn't reading Mark eleven twenty four as far as I understand, but the same thing is true. Believe that you receive and then you'll have. Well, he believed he received. Well, what happened? Well, he said he, he didn't even care. And then uh, I think it was within a, a few weeks after that, uh, a couple, probably, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks, not very long. He was over preaching at a, a, a conference in Europe and they, afterwards all the ministers wanted to go up and climb the mountain. And before, he couldn't do it because of his severe heart problems. So he's going, and he's uh, putting one step in front of the, one foot in front of the other, and his heart's kind of going crazy, and the, the thoughts are coming to his head like, you know, you're going to die. Uh, you know, you say you believe you receive this, and it's not going to happen, and, uh, you know, you're just going to die here. But he said, no, I just kept thinking, no, I, I know uh, what the Word says, and I took Jesus as my healer, and I believe he is the healer. By the time he got to the top of the mountain, Every symptom was completely gone, and he never had another problem. Well, I'm trying to illustrate that you believe you receive before you actually have, and then you confess that. So he confessed it. Let's look over at um, Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter 5. You know, and uh, when the Holy Spirit while you go there, I'm going to minister this, but in the Holy Spirit, talking of Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is from your heart. And so where the Spirit of God will speak to you is in your heart. And when he's speaking to you in your heart, he wants you to make a confession. So the Holy Spirit, in initial salvation, the Holy Spirit's going to come and speak to your heart. What happens? Well, you have the witness like, yeah, Jesus is Lord. And it goes beyond your natural reasoning. It goes beyond what you could figure out. I mean, does that make any kind of sense to somebody that lived on the earth over a little over 2,000 years ago? If you believe uh, that he lived and died and rose from the dead and you say, you know what, he's going to call the shots in my life. He's going to be Lord and master of my life. And you say that with your mouth. Does that make any mental sense that you shall be saved? That all of a sudden the real you on the inside is made a new creature. Old things pass away. Everything is brand new. That like, it's like you have never sinned like you have never made a mistake, like you have never messed up because you get the very righteousness of Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ? Well, mentally, that doesn't make any kind of sense. 
I will say this, you know, if somebody can find this for me, you would be a big blessing to me. I was in the Air Force, and uh, so that's why it means extra to me. But um, I read probably 15 years ago now, uh, there was a, a man in the Air Force, I think he was a colonel, either a colonel or a brigadier general, I believe, and um, he was atheist, and he set out to prove that the Bible was false and was a lie. And so he set out through reasoning to prove this. Well, when he got through the scriptures, after he was done, he confessed Jesus as Lord and believed that God raised him from the dead because there was so much evidence. So uh, um, in his heart, as soon as the word of God is spoken, the Holy Spirit has something to make real to you. Even if you're trying to disprove, I think it's probably a lot like Paul. You know, Paul was like, he's like, I'm like the worst because I killed people that said that they believed in Jesus. But yet God looked at Paul and uh, saved him and set him free and and put him on, on the course of life. But the Holy Spirit will speak to you and he will confirm the word. And so as you read the word, he'll make it real. As you hear the gospel message the first time, the spirit of God is there. Well, not just the first time, but every time. The spirit of God is there to say, yeah, that's right, the inward witness. And as you respond to him and you confess that, as you respond and confess that, it creates the reality in your own life. Verse 8 of chapter 10 of Romans says, but what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You know, the Greek word for word in verse 8, both occurrences of word, is the Greek word, anybody want to guess? Rhema. It's the Greek word rhema. So you have uh, logos and rhema uh, that are used for the word, and I like to summarize rhema by saying, rhema is God speaking to you at the moment, or it's the word of God spoken to you at that very moment in that very situation. It's a word of faith. Well, that's what it says. It is a word of faith. It's a word of, here's how to trust God in this situation. In other words, Jesus taught about faith. Remember, I mean, the greatest statement he probably made on faith is Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, and 25, where he said, 11, 22, have faith in God or lay hold on God's faithfulness, or grab hold of the faith of God, the pistis of God. And then over here, we find that this is the word of faith, where God is speaking to you. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God, the word of God. So this says, what does it say? The rhema is near you, Even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the rhema of faith which we preach. Do you remember last week and the week before when we talked about this? I was talking about um, a couple of of, uh, examples, and one, one was my uh, daughter, the other one was Brother Hagen. You know, he, he was healed, raised up, healed of all three incurable diseases. I don't have time to go into all those details. But then within like, uh, I think nine months, the heart symptoms started to come back on him. And he found, he said, I found myself, I was like in bed more than I was out of bed. 
This was after he was miraculously raised up by the Lord by uh, acting on Mark eleven twenty four, And uh, he said, I thought, got to think of myself, how in the world did I receive healing to begin with? And then he realized when anybody would ask him, how are you feeling? He said, oh, I'm kind of weak. I feel kind of weak and I feel kind of, you know, they look like you, they said, you look like you can't put one foot in front of the other. He said, that's how I feel. And they said, well, let me give you a ride home. You know, you don't need to be walking out here. He lived in Texas where it's super hot. And so they gave him a ride home and he's laying in bed and he realized, wait a second. The way I received healing was I believed that I received it and then I had it. And I said, I'm well. And well, people ought to be up. And so I got out of bed. So he changed what he was saying. And he said, well, I needed to, I needed to declare this. So he said, I went into town and I found somebody and I said, well, I know if I ask them how you feeling, they're going to ask me how you feeling. And he said, so how you feeling? And uh, they told him and then they said, how are you feeling? And he said, you know what? He said, according to Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And I believe that I have received healing. So I'm well, thank you. And he said, when I said that, I got a little stronger. And he said, each time, so he'd keep asking people, why? To get his confession out there, his words out there. But here's what he said, which I found very, very interesting. He didn't just haphazardly say, hmm, I think I'll say Mark eleven twenty four, even because that's the one that, that raised me off of uh, a deathbed. He said, when people would say, how are you feeling? And he would say, oh, I feel really tired. Like I can't hardly put one foot in front of the other. He said, at the same time, when I was, while I was speaking that, he said, down in here, in my heart, the scripture would be there, Mark eleven twenty four, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. He said, but I would just kind of like, uh, not pay attention to that. And I would just say what I felt. And he said, then I started to, uh, my body started to get worse according to what I was saying. He said, somebody else asked me, and the scripture came up, by his stripes you were healed. He said, but I wouldn't say it because I was looking at my body and, and uh, conscious of what I was feeling. Uh, probably even a better way to say it would be, he was, his focus was on the feelings of his body, not on what God had said. Or the rhema that was there at the moment. It's God speaking to him right there. The word's coming back to him. So when he was on the bed and realized he had to say this and would go ask people, then when they would ask him, how are you feeling? He didn't just, ha just haphazardly say the scripture. He looked on the inside and that same scripture was there, Mark eleven twenty four, And that's where he got that. That's where he said, well, according to Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Mark eleven twenty three says, whoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. So who will ever say, which is epo, which means command, who will ever command, like this sickness has to leave my body in the name of Jesus, he'll, and whatever he believes that he says comes to pass, that is like a set systematic discourse, that word say. It means he's saying and saying and saying, just like the woman with the issue of blood. For she said, 
if I can touch, just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. Uh, One translation actually says, for she kept on saying, if I can just touch, I'll be whole. 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 So that was like the meditation of her heart. She knew if I could just touch, she'd be whole. So over in Romans, where he says, what does it say? The word or the rhema is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the uh, rhema of trusting God, which we preach. Very next verse. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... That is something the Holy Spirit revealed to you. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, you say with your mouth what the Spirit of God through a rhema of the Word of God is saying in your heart. Am am I making that too difficult? So like the way God speaks to you is uh, in, primarily is an inward witness. The spirit himself, Romans 8, bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. The primary way, first way he speaks, and the primary way he speaks is through the inward witness. So you have an inward knowing. And so in your situation, what is God saying to you? You say that. Not what it feels like, not what it looks like, not what you have figured out, not what the pressure is trying to force you into saying. Because uh, many times behind that pressure is the enemy, and he's trying to trip you up. And if he can just get a hold of your mouth, he can whoop you every time, even though he is a completely defeated enemy. Jesus defeated him, and he didn't just defeat him for himself. He defeated him for you and for me, for every person. But that defeat doesn't become a reality until we take our position in Christ. You know, he gave us authority. And so if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So the other uh, example that I've, I've been using, I've been using my daughter, Brother Hagen, and myself. And so I'll, I'll finish here with myself, I believe. And that is, when I had that head injury and, and I would get better and, um, and worse and better and worse, my body would just change like this all the time. And Pastor Mark prayed for me and actually uh, prophesied. And man, that made a huge difference. Uh, that, that's like a supernatural thing. And uh, wonderful. Uh, and, then, um, and then I had some words to speak, and I would speak those, and it would kind of like uh, keep 90% of the problem at bay, if you know what I mean. So I was like 90% well. And, uh, but then I had this, and so as I'm studying for this about a month, month and a half ago now, um, uh, I realized, oh, do you know like the resurrection power of Christ Uh, When he rose from the dead, he rose from the dead with the healing of my brain. Now, for me, it was a particularly challenging, uh, (laughs) I'm not saying that because I think I'm so smart, you know, (laughs) but the brain uh, injury was a particularly challenging injury because it affects your brain. So it affects your thinking. 
And so because of that, uh, I'm going to read the word, and I always look to the Lord in my heart. I feed on the word. I don't just read the word, but I feed from my spirit on the word of God. But in order to feed on the word of God, I have to make a decision. I'm going to read the Bible, or I'm going to hit play on my phone. You know, they have a Bible app that can read you in multiple translations for free. Anyhow, lots of things. I'm gonna, so I have to make a mental decision that I'm going to do this, an act of my will, and my will says to my brain, uh, you will look at this. You will read this. But when uh, your brain's not firing on all pistons, so to speak, uh, sometimes it's kind of like, huh? <laughs> you know, you're just kind of like, you're like, I will do this, and you're kind of like, how long have I been standing here thinking I'm going to do this? Uh, and so when I saw this, and I said, okay, but I don't feel it. So what am I going to do? I said, well, I'm just going to say what's, and, and this was before I heard, uh, reheard, because I, I probably had heard it before, I just don't remember it. Uh, hearing Brother Higgins say like he, this is what the Spirit was saying to him. I probably had missed it before. So I unconsciously, before I heard him say that, I remember while this whole time, this happened in January, I had the accident. So this whole time, there was always something on the inside of me saying, like you need to like say every little area of this. Now you don't have to do this every time. You do what the Spirit of God is saying to you because in other words, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the rhema of God. Not having heard, but by hearing it. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means faith right now, what God is saying to you right now at this moment in this situation, our relationship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ is just that. It is meant to be a relationship. Just the same as if I wanted to have a relationship with you, I'm going to have to have a conversation with you. And if I want it to have any significance, it's going to have to flow from my heart. Otherwise, it's just going to be very superficial. How's the weather? How are your children? How are your animals? How is your job? You know, you can ask the same things from your heart. But God wants a relationship with you. And faith, Jesus said, don't look to yourself. Have faith in God. Don't put your trust, 11, Mark eleven twenty two. Don't have trust in yourself. Don't even have trust in faith. Some people have faith in faith. No, have faith in the author of faith. Faith itself, uh, Pistis, if you define it, actually, uh, a, 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 in order to describe faith in this Kittle dictionary, it actually says that faith is a complete turning away from self-confidence and anxiety and a turning to Christ, and that it, it, it denotes a present tense in doing that. In other words, if you're acting in faith right now, that moment that I'm acting in faith, if it is an act of faith and not just an act of uh, works, if I'm acting in trust of the Lord, trusting God, I am turning away from anxiety and self-confidence. So like, I love to use financial example. So if I have unexpected expense, that means the anxiety of how is this going to be paid for, I turn away from that anxiety. And then the, uh, which a lot of times comes after that anxiety, well, I'll just get a second job or a third job. 
I'll do it myself. No, no. Faith, that's not faith. That's not trusting God. So we turn away from that and we look to Jesus. And what do we do? We say, what are you saying about this situation right now? Now, you know, the Bible refers to those that have confessed Jesus as Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead as believers. Okay? So if you have done that, you're a believer. What does that mean? Well, that means you're one that believes. Believe is the verb form of pistis, faith. So to believe is to have faith, is to actually, is to act in faith. So you believe. So the point is, you don't have to feel it. You just act on what you believe. So I'm there, and all these, all these, uh, uh, not all these, but this, uh, on the inside, this witness from the Spirit of God is saying, you say my head is healed, my brain is healed, and every fiber that holds my brain in place is healed. Well, I won't, don't want to say I had resisted it because I didn't resist that, but I kind of thought, that's not significant. You know, the Bible describes the voice of the Lord as a still, small voice. You know, he wasn't in the, the rain, he wasn't in the cloud, he wasn't in the thunder, he wasn't in the lightning. Still, small voice. Well, sometimes I, I won't talk about you, but sometimes I will just be like, okay, whatever, you know, because I haven't done the, the, the turn away from self-confidence and anxiety. I let that kind of like uh, creep in and I start responding to the self-confidence and the anxiety and not so much from trusting God. And so I'm like, you know, I don't know about you, but well, my temptation is sometimes you're kind of like, okay, well, I'll turn to God after I take care of this. Do you understand? Like, that's where we get like, well, I guess I better pray. Why is that? Well, because you have tried every other avenue that you could personally produce and you come to the realization that, yeah, <laughs> I need to live by faith. In other words, I need to live by turning away from anxiety and self-confidence and turning to Jesus in this situation. So in your situation, what is the Lord speaking to you? What is a rhema to you? What is, what is uh, the Holy Spirit um, revealing to you concerning the word? And don't make it uh, spectacular. You know, so many times we miss the supernatural because we're waiting on something spectacular. We're waiting on like goosebumps and thank God sometimes we have goosebumps and sometimes we have, we feel this and you know, you wake up and you're like, this is the day the Lord has made and you don't even have to say, you know, bless the Lord on my soul because you're already there. You're just, you're just there and those are wonderful. But you know, it's actually more sweet when you feel like, you know, this is the worst day in the world that you actually wake up and say, I feel like this is the worst day so I'm not saying this. In the midst of feeling that way, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is going to be a good day. God is on my side for the blood has been applied. Every need will be supplied and nothing denied. So I enter into rest because I know I'm blessed. I've passed the test and I get God's best. Something like that. In the middle of feeling the other way. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning 
and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, oh, you may have heard of him, you may know about him, but you never have received him. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. And then if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All you have to do is believe that and confess it. The second you confess or speak that, uh, you'll be recreated. If that's you this morning and you'd like to receive Jesus Christ and you you haven't, uh, slip up your hand. We will pray with you and we'll pray for you. If you're here this morning and you have received the Lord Jesus, but you have uh, let the things of the world creep in and uh, really Jesus is not your Lord, you're, you're run by other things and other people, but you'd like to come back to Christ and recommit yourself to him. If that's you and you'd like us to pray with you, uh, slip up your hand, we'll pray with you and pray for you. Thirdly, if you're here this morning and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, uh, Acts chapter two, Paul talks about, or rather Luke talks about an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Wait until you be filled with power from on high. So there is an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, You have the Holy Spirit when you're born again, but uh, there's a difference between drinking a glass of water and being full of water. Saturated, you could say. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'd like to be, slip up your hand and we'll we'll pray for you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any, uh, uh, any scalpel of any surgeon. Father, that you are the great physician and that you are the great healer. Father, we, we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you for your plan concerning us. We thank you for your anointing, for the power of your spirit that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed and we are whole and we are healthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you'd like hands laid on you uh, for healing, either prayer of agreement or to come as a point to receive, then I just invite you to come down here and we'll lay hands on you and pray for you, pray for you, with you and for you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of your word. We pray, Father, that we wouldn't just forget what we heard, but that we would be doers of your word. That, Father, we would allow you access into our lives. And I pray for everyone that can hear me right now. Father, I pray that you would um, alert us to what you've already even been speaking in our hearts and what you're speaking right now. And that you'll Give us boldness to speak, boldness to declare what you're saying through your word, through your spirit, that, Father, we can give you words to confirm with signs following. Father, that you watch over your word to confirm it. So, Father, we thank you that you are Father, that we are in relationship with you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen.